Okay, Clay Randall is with us, the writer-director of Match Day, played at the Sports and Recreation Film Festival, a father-in-daughter uh, love story uh, geared towards uh, soccer or sports in general. And this is an interesting film for me because I'm a big sports fan. And uh, sometimes you get too, a little too emotionally involved in the wins and losses of your team. And then it kind of affects your mood. And it's almost like for me, when I was watching this film, it's like, I don't want my kids to have my anxiety. I don't want them to be so wrapped up in a game like I am. <laughs> I don't want to give them that trait. And it's sort of like, that's this is what your film's about, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's definitely a, a, a theme of it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a huge sports fan. I grew up playing uh, baseball and basketball pretty competitively. Um, and, you know, I, I, I follow a, a bunch of sports and a bunch of teams. So I definitely have that same kind of... Uh, you know, anxiety when it comes to when it comes to fandom. Um, and it was something I'm always been interested in is why are we kind of wired the way we are as as fans? Why do we put so much, uh, you know, why do we invest so much into something that we have zero control over? Um, yeah. And, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, great things that can come out of sports. Um, but yeah, there, uh, there seems to be, uh, you know, some some pretty dramatic mood shifts when it comes when, when it comes to fans. And, uh, you know, something I was just kind of interested in exploring uh, based off of just some of my own uh, experiences. And so that's kind of where the, uh, you know, the origin of the story is kind of where yeah. the, the, you know, the seed came from. So like, I'm like the perfect example is like, I'm a big uh, uh, Bills fan. Like I'm from uh, the Buffalo area. Right on. I, yeah. I just want my team to win the Super Bowl, Right. Yeah. The problem yeah. is that, is that I get to, I don't, I love football. I love watching the game. I played it. And I love like watching, like it's simple, like Monday night game. I like watching because I have no, no emotional stakes. But the problem is, is that I'm watching the, the bills. And I'm not enjoying it. Yeah. Because it's like, I'm not enjoying the game because I want them. I'm rude. I have too much rooting interest. If that makes any sense. No, it, it's you like, yeah, it, it makes all the sense in the world to me. Um, you know, it's something that I grapple with like now in, in my thirties, it's like when I was a kid, I had so much enjoyment just watching the game. Um, and as you get older, you just, you know, it's almost like it's, it's almost like film, you know, or watching a movie. I mean, you, you know, uh, you kind of have a, a certain appreciation that grows over time. You have kind of different expectations for for what you want your team to do. So it's like even in a win, you know, I can watch it at my team win and and still be upset after the game because they didn't win by enough points or I didn't you know, see the progress I needed or, you know, there, there's always something to kind of nitpick, which I think is, you know, kind of parallel with with movies uh, and, and the fandom that, you know, we kind of have for directors or or, uh, you know, maybe a certain IP or something. We have these expectations and if they're not met, we're we're let down, even though, you know, you you, you might still have gotten a, a really good product or, 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 or some valuable entertainment. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 something as a, as a sports fan where it's sometimes like, man, am I even in, why do I do this to myself? Am I even enjoying uh, watching this because I can't enjoy it until we win. And that three or four hours that you're experiencing, it's like, man, am I even having fun while, while I'm doing this? Um, I think so much of it sometimes is that anticipation, right? It's almost more fun anticipating uh, the game coming or, or, you know, the superstitions leading up to the, to the game or uh, you know, or just kind of the, the you know uh, traditions uh, that kind of revolve around it. Um, I think sometimes that's more fun than actually experiencing it. Um, so these are all things that I uh, that were kind of in my head, and I was like, oh, you know, let's uh, let's try to write about that, and let's try to at least uh, 
I don't know, paint a picture or, 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 or try to see if we can, uh, we can dive deeper in why we are the way we are as, uh, as fans. Yeah. I'm just saying, I mean, cause you're living in the Atlanta area. So I'm assuming you're a fan of the Atlanta teams. I am. Um, I, I'm, I'm Atlanta across the board. I will. I do have to say, so my family, both sides, my mom and dad's side are originally from West Texas. So I was born into being a Dallas Cowboys fan. So I am a Dallas Cowboys fan. I do, I do cheer for the Falcons, but it was, that was something I was, I was kind of born into. I was going to say, cause the Falcons, perhaps the, the, the most difficult team to watch. They are. Yeah. They're the hardest ones in Atlanta. I would say. Yeah, it's 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 tough being a Falcons fan. I would say, you know, growing up uh, as a '90s kid, you know, I had the Atlanta Braves, and so we were, uh, you know, we were winning the division every single year. We only got one World Series title. Right, you were losing in the playoffs, so it's like a double losing in the playoffs. Yeah, but it was still, you know, you're still a little spoiled, right? You had the regular season. I mean, the Falcons never really had that. Uh, they had one, you know, Super Bowl appearance uh, in '98 against the Broncos, and. You know, the Hawks have always just been kind of mediocre. They look great uh, so far this year. Um, and then, you know, obviously, yeah, they, 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 had, a, they had a big win last night. So, uh, and then Atlanta United is as Oh, the still, Hawks. Sorry, I thought you meant the Falcons. Yeah, the Hawks. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, the, 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 I'd say the Falcons are, are, are having a somewhat decent year considering expectations. Uh, but, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, the Falcons are kind of the toughest oh team to, to root for uh, being an Atlanta, Atlanta sports fan. Cause then them, cause I'm like, uh, you got our, you got our GM for the Braves, our Alex Anthopoulos. Like, so, yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's so he great. won you a world series. So he did. Welcome. He did. Yeah. <laughs> We're okay. forever indebted. But, but the core of the story is, is the, is the relationship between the father and son. So where did you kind of like, is this like kind of personal for you? Where did you kind of key off of this, this story? Yeah. So I think originally I was really interested in, in, in kind of dealing with an avid sports fan that, you know, is, uh, you know, just can't handle a loss and, and what that, what that looks like. So originally it was, I was like, you know, I kind of wanted to follow, you know, maybe a guy in middle age, uh, who, who just never kind of grew up. Um, and it, it felt very kind of one note. It felt a little kind of bitter. Um, and then, so I started kind of, uh, just thinking about my own childhood, I was an avid sports fan, like very obsessive, um, uh, a sports fan obsessed with stats. Like I would even play video games as a kid. I'd play Madden and I would mute the TV and I would announce the game as I would play. I was, I was, you know, just very devoted to all elements of, of sports and sports production, uh, sports broadcasting. Um, so I, I kind of thought, well, maybe that's what this story needs maybe it needs um you know what if the the avid sport that you know the obsessive sports fan wasn't an adult what if it was a kid um yeah. and so i started kind of playing around with that idea um and yeah i mean i, I nothing is super uh, personal in the story but i mean i do come uh, i you know I'm, I'm i'm a kid of uh, a child of divorce you know my my parents split when i was about 11 12 years old um so it was something i i grew up with um you know, the the story that kind of takes place in the in the movie, um, you know, isn't really reflective of, of what I dealt with. But it was something that, um, you know, there's something there that I was able to kind of tap into. So there was, I think, maybe a, kind of subconsciously some inspiration there uh, to to, you know, OK, how was I as a sports fan and, and as, a, as a young athlete? And then, um, you know, how did you know my parents separation? How did that kind of shape me in the way I, I you know, the way I think, and the way I maybe process some of my own emotions. Um, so it was it was kind of cool to kind of think of it that way. And I really think it kind of opened up the the story and really uh, allowed me to kind of find something that uh, just 
maybe was you know more endearing and, and and had a little bit more to offer than I think the uh, the original concept. Gotcha. Yeah, there's there's a lot of like we were talking about. There's a lot of, there's a lot of depth into it. It's about like I liked how you pointed out like like what you deal with your emotions. It's sort of like why am I too so wrapped up in this game? What's wrong? Like, you know what I mean? You like, you get these cliche sports fans where like, who put face paint on them. I'm not trying to be down on them. Mm -hmm. It's like, maybe there's there's an unbalance there. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Like what, you know, what, what is, what is your obsession? Like, you know, what is this compensating for? What, what is the void that you're trying to fill? I think there's, yeah, I think that there's so many elements of that, uh, in that in there. And then just, um, you know, trying to approach, you know, the original concept just I, I kind of came up with as a joke just about like dealing with, you know, a traumatic sports loss. You know, it's almost like going through the stages of grief, you know, not trying to, you know, not trying to compare that to people that have actually you know lost loved ones or, yeah. or, or have dealt through trauma. But there is kind of a, a process like that. And I was like, all right, well, what if, you know, how do we show that? And then how can we also implement that to something that's more powerful, which is, um, you know, this father and daughter who are who are kind of trying to pick up the pieces a little bit after uh, after a divorce and trying to kind of process their own emotions and and, and grow uh, together. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a great family film. So I got to talk to you about your credits because I see that you're the actor. I am, yes. Jay Randall. And then Maggie Randall is one of the, so I'm assuming she's related to you. And then Jamie she is, Randall. Yep. Jamie Randall is the director of photography. So this is like a family. I'm assuming these are you all related. Yeah, yeah, I pulled everybody in for the uh, pulled everyone in for this one. So Jamie, uh, Jamie is my wife. She's a very talented cinematographer. She's also a writer herself. Um, so she uh, she she shot the the film. Maggie is actually my little sister. So uh, my my dad remarried years ago, uh, and my stepmom have have two kids. Um, and so uh, Maggie is the youngest Randall, um, and so she actually has no acting experience. This is her first, first, uh, attempt at acting. So, um, you know, really I kind of pulled her in mainly just, uh, we were trying to find somebody that we could have, you know, we have a dynamic and and a chemistry just as a brother and sister and having a 20 year, you know, age gap. So there's already kind of, a you know, almost a, a father daughter uh, dynamic there, though. I'm, you know, I'm the cooler older brother. So I don't, I, you know, I don't have to do all the parental stuff, but so we had, we kind of already had that dynamic in that relationship. Um, and so it was something that we thought was worth exploring. Um, you know, do we bring Maggie in to try to, to try to, you know, fill this role, um, you know, or do we try to try to find, uh, you know, a, a different child actor? And I think that we found that the the chemistry was just a little more natural with with me and Maggie, and we just had that relationship and that comfort. So it was it was something uh, that I thought we did you know we'd explore, and I you know I thought it went pretty well. So yeah, it was definitely a a, a family engagement for sure. So she was she interested in acting, or like how did that come about? No, not really. I mean, she um you know she other than just being uh you know a, a very kind of uh, uh, attention seeking, you know, 12 year old, uh, she, uh, she didn't really have any interest and, and doesn't, uh, even afterwards, like afterwards, I was like, is this something you would be interested in? And she, you know, she's fine with it. She, uh, she's a gymnast. Um, so I think that her, her focus is, um, is on gymnastics and TikTok right now. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see if she, if she gets back into it ever. I think that she has, a 
just a, a natural presence. She, she's not shy. She uh, is not afraid of the camera. Um, so, uh, you know, it was, it was a pretty natural transition for her. Um, so yeah, she, yeah, she hasn't expressed, she hasn't expressed any interest in, uh, in anything more, but I'm, I'm sure I can find her, find her, uh, find a project to put her in. So. It's so interesting. You just like, it's the 21st century child. She gymnastics and TikTok are her interests. That's, that's, that's it. That and, and then Taylor Swift, I've been getting lots of texts about the new Taylor Swift album from her. So, um, so yeah, that, the, those are her three big interests right now. So your, uh, your, your character, uh, has a very distinguished mustache. Yes. Was that like, what was the symbolism of the mustache? I think, um, so what we, what I try to do with that is, is just, I, leading up to it, I was just kind of growing my, my beard out because we were trying to figure out a, a look, you know, we didn't really want to harp on the whole like deadbeat dad thing. You know, it was important to me that this dad wasn't, you know, uh, super, uh, you know, uh, ignorant to, to everything going on or, you know, he wasn't, you see, love is love is in the air. Like he's got love, but he's he's, he's got it. He's just you know he's that. kind of down on his luck. Yeah, I didn't I didn't want it to be just this kind of deadbeat dad character, but I did want to kind of show that you know he's he's going through some stuff. Uh, he's not necessarily <laughs> taking the best care of himself. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, all right, we'll grow the beard out. And, you know, we'll we'll have kind of a, a shaggy look. And um, I don't know. There was just there was just something about it. I never rocked a mustache before. Uh, maybe there was a little bit of just like Ted Lasso in the back of my mind that that we thought we'd play <laughs> off of. But um, it just seemed like that was the best facial hair, uh, you know, choice uh, for the role. Um, so I think it was it was part of just you know I I had never really rocked the five o'clock shadow with the mustache before. Yeah. I was interested in that. Um, and it was just, we were trying to find something that was unique. So it wasn't just, you know, guy with kind of longer scraggly hair and, and, and a beard. We wanted something to at least uh, kind of stand out a little bit. And I think it's just uh, universally mustaches are, uh, are either cool or, or, or funny. So we were, uh, we were trying to lean in, leaning on the, the physical comedy, the visual comedy as much as possible. So I think we just landed with the, with the sash. What, is, what do you call the outfit? Like the plastic sports, like uh, garb, whatever. It's like, I, 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 it's like anybody who wears that outfit is not, doesn't do sports. Like from my experience, like my friends said, like, I wouldn't like, what is they call the, the plastic jump shoot or something like that? Like the, what the what the character is wearing in the yeah. film the the, yeah. the track suit the track yeah. suit yeah the track suit yeah the, the track which suit that nobody does track in yeah yeah exactly exactly I've never seen anyone <laughs> actually work out in a track suit it seems to be only for uh, for fashion purposes um, and so yeah that purposes, yeah yeah and that was I mean that, again we were you know that was kind of a comedic choice with something you know visually funny um, the track suit is kind of a a classic thing. Um, whether it be like, I don't know, like a Russian mobster in you know, some sort of some movie or, or, you know, just, uh, this kind of ridiculous eighties looking tracksuit that we had them, uh, had them wear. Um, yeah. And we also just thought it was something, you know, as a kid, I feel like it's always fun to see people in kind of ridiculous outfits or outfits they usually wouldn't wear. So we really like the idea of, you know, this, this kind of lucky suit that, uh, you know, he wears, um, you know, reluctantly just to kind of appease the daughter. Um, yeah. and so it, it, it just, it kind of, it, it kind of worked. It was a, it was a hot suit. That thing was super uncomfortable. It was like, it just kind of insulated everything. Um, uh, so that was, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't super fun to wear, but, uh, so but you're, 
you're acting in the film, so you're in every scene basically, and mm -hmm. your your wife is DPing. So there's like there's some really nice framing in your film. Not too busy. You're like you're letting the performances tell the story, which is great because like it's minimal location. So tell me about the process with your with your DP, who is your wife. Did you guys like storyboard things? Like how did you kind of prepare the shot the shot list for your film? Yeah, so we I mean basically um, we kind of did everything together. Um, you know, we broke the script down. Um, we did we we shot listed everything and then kind of built out storyboards. Um, I kind of came up with just the overall kind of uh, kind of concepts that I that I was kind of trying to aim for, and then she came in and, and had some ideas with just framing certain things and, and trying to kind of consistently uh, you know kind of purposefully uh, frame the characters in a way that um, you know was consistent throughout the film. Um, you know, we wanted to keep it pretty simple, kind of lock shots off, um, and it was really. You know, we we were again. It was a minimal location, like you said. Um, you know, we shot it in a couple of days, so we wanted to be really efficient. Um, so that was, you know, that was kind of part of the plan. With all right, these are the shots that we're getting. Um, you know, we're not going to stray from this. Um, and it just it, it was kind of a style that felt that would kind of work best for the for the story. It wouldn't overpower it with with camera moves or uh, with crazy edits. Um, you know, we tried to look at uh, you know, films that uh, like Taika Waititi and Wes Anderson and Edgar Wright kind of do. And though they're all, you know, they have their similarities and their, their differences. Um, you know, the, the, the framing was of all their stuff was something that was really kind of uh, what we wanted to, to try to, to try to match um, and let our characters kind of play within these, within these frames. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was a great process. I mean, we work really well together. Um, you know, we've known each other. We've been married. This, we actually just celebrated our fifth uh, wedding anniversary uh, over the weekend. So, and we were together for years before that. So we've been, you know, we've worked on projects together for, for a long time. So, um, you know, it was a really, uh, you know, it was a really easy process. Uh, it was a lot of fun just kind of looking at different, um, you know, different uh, storyboards, different, uh, different shots and frames of movies and, and trying to kind of find, um, you know, find kind of what we wanted it to look like. So it, it was a great process. So the I got the, there's the, there's the one shot in the end where they're on the bed. There's a couple of inserts, of course, but it's really kind of a two minute shot. Uh, and mm -hmm. you, you know, like you would go into close up a couple of times with her, with the with the daughter character, but really kind of nice framing, really nice shot of like this dad who's like trying to figure it out. Like nice performance too, because it's almost like you're trying. I, I've been a parent, so it's like. Where like you're trying to figure out what to say while you're saying it kind of thing, and it's like a really nicely done, a really nicely done shot. Like the just, oh, thank you. Keeping it simple, you. not overcomplicating the scene. Yeah, it was something I I really like that. And I feel like that was that was definitely Jamie's shot. I remember when we were kind of scouting the location. She had that idea. We kind of had the camera in the hallway, and she was like, "Let's see a little bit of the doorway. She can be in the bed and." Yeah. I really like the positioning of him kind of coming down to her level and her being above him um, and, and kind of showing that power dynamic. Whereas for, for most of the film, he's, he's, you know, kind of above her in, in stature uh, just with his height. So it was a way to kind of get the character down on her level. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was something I was a little nervous about just like, all right, we have one shot. Like it's a, it's kind of a longer, you know, 
kind of a tender scene. Like, you know, is it going to be boring? Is it going to work? Um, but I, you know, I, I thought we just, you know, I think the most important thing with that was just trying to kind of be patient and trying to find the kind of the right beats. Um, like you said, it was like the way I kind of saw that character is, you know, he's, he's kind of had a light bulb moment, um, you know, the, the night before with what is, you know, his daughters kind of called him out on some stuff and, He's kind of had all night to kind of think about it, but he is that character that still hasn't really figured out what exactly he's going to say. So he is kind of making it up as, as he goes along. But I also thought that, you know, that would add kind of some authenticity to it. Um, so I think for me, it was just, it was trying to make that scene as, uh, you know, as tender as possible, but as, as authentic as possible. Yeah. Um, and and I, thought, I thought we were able to do that. No, it's a hundred percent. And it's just like, it's like for me, like we go back to what we started. It's like, there's a different, there's a difference between being passionate about something and loving something. And then fandom kind of like fandom is like the kind of disease where you come obsessed with something and you think it affects your life and et cetera, where like, like he's got to like, like follow the daughter needs to follow her passions, but not be overly obsessed, I guess. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I think it is, it's about, you know, I think that there is, you know, she's obsessed with this thing. She wants him to be just as obsessed with it. There is this element of, is it really about the game? You know what I mean? Is, is she really obsessed about the team and the game? Or is she obsessed about the experience and, uh, you know, the kind of the traditions and the, and, and, uh, and the kind of the regiment that goes with everything? It's, you know, I think for her, it's more about the game is fun and all, and all this is great. But the most important thing with her is experiencing it with, her dad um and it's something that's really kind of lost on him um you know he's kind of lost the love of you know being a fan watching his team um and he's also kind of lost the appreciation of just having you know spending the day with his daughter and just creating uh creating memories so um you know that's at the end of the day whether she realizes it or not that's that's what she wants um yeah and i think i think at the end he's you know he's he's it, it finally clicks so are you, so what did you think about the audience? You brought the audience to you, the audience feedback video. What did you think what the audience had to say in your film? Oh man, it was, it was great. I was, I was blown away. Um, honestly, like I, I, I played the video. I think I got like, I don't know, maybe 30, 40 seconds in and I had to pause it just because I, uh, I was a little overwhelmed with, with the positive feedback. Um, so I was, yeah, I was, I was totally blown away. It, it meant, it meant a lot to me. Uh, it was, you know, it's really cool to have, um, I mean, it's always nice to have positive feedback on your work, but it was, it was just really cool to see and hear from people um, as opposed to, you know, getting an email or, um, you know, or, or, or getting just like a little, you know, kind of blurb kind of typed out about you. Um, it was, uh, it was, you know, it was powerful to hear people um, say such nice things. So I was uh, incredibly overjoyed. Uh, I, was, I was very moved. Well, you you got some talent. Your wife's got some talent. The, your younger sister has got some talent that she's interested in it. I love this film. I thought it was really interesting. Like you said, lots of subtext. I appreciate you, you submitting. So uh, hopefully we'll talk again uh, when you uh, make your next short film or you make your next feature film. That sounds great. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, this is great. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, I, I look forward to the next one. We'll uh, hopefully we'll get to, we'll get to talk soon.